We are Danny and Marcus Delalio, and welcome to Deep Diving Delalios. Welcome back to our, I don't even know what episode this is, of Deep Diving Delalios. Yeah. Six, seven. Um, we had, um, our last episode was supposed to be one, but it was a 26-page script. So, <laughs> ended up being three. Plus the, plus Plus my section of the conspiracy theories and stuff. And I'm remembering to get closer to the mic. You I saw know, that. I we need to do that. So now we do have a podcast. Um, it's this show. But if you prefer listening to us instead of watching us, we are over on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify for right now. But if you like to watch our podcast, it's also available over on YouTube. And we do have a lot of visual aids when it comes to talking about this. Lots of articles that we show and photos that we show. Uh, while we talk about it. We also reached 2,000 subscribers over on yes. our YouTube channel. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Um, I did not expect it to happen this quickly. I'm very excited, and welcome to all the new subscribers. We yeah. are very, very lucky and happy to have you. So Very excited. And, of course, we have to do Patreon shoutouts. Uh, we didn't do it the last two episodes because our script was so long, and I usually have a little visual that says, hey, do the Patreon shoutout. Of course, Mama Ali, thank you as always. So appreciate your, you've supported me through everything I've done. So thank you so much. We also have Jackie. She's joined us yes. over there. She's very nice. She's awesome. And we have Emily over there who is fantastic. Also fantastic. Yeah, wonderful yes. person who also supported me all through this whole online adventure. But without further ado, let's jump into what we're talking about today. We thought we would give a little bit of background on the Twin Towers today, the World Trade Center as a whole, before we start diving into the destruction of them. And Marcus, of course, has his conspiracy corner prepared for us today as well. And we'll be touching on World Trade Center 7 too in this episode. So if you are a conspiracy theorist, make sure you stick around. Marcus has some things on that. Yes. I didn't know much about the Twin Towers until I started researching it this past week, I actually, I took a mental health break from this whole, <laughs> it's heavy subject matter. It is incredibly mm -hmm. heavy. A lot of people don't know, I noticed from um, just talking about a few things on 9-11 on TikTok, a lot of people don't know that this 9-11 was not the first terrorist attack on the World Trade Center. So February actually marked 30 years since the first failed terrorist attack against New York's World Trade Center. It happened on February 26, 1993. A car bomb was detonated below Tower 1. That's the north tower of the World Trade Center. It was in the parking garage. The attackers had hoped to knock the north tower into the south tower, Tower 2. So knocking them totally down, killing thousands of people, and taking the towers completely out. You would, you would need... You would need more than one car to so, do that. Well, That's you would insane. think they did have like over a thousand pounds of explosives laden in this van. She's got to go because she can't. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She's been yelling. She's waiting for the conspiracy corner. Everybody si say hi. This is Cynthia. You don't want to talk now? No, suddenly she doesn't have anything to say. She says now that my anonymity has been broken. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't. Stop it. We're probably gonna have to kick this cat out. <clears throat> no, she's fine. Let her stay. She's so loud. All right. Okay. <laughs> it was laden with like over a thousand pounds worth of explosives, but yes, I mean, the way the World Trade Center was built, uh, we're gonna talk about the Twin Towers and how they were built and the steel that lined them and everything else, and it, it wouldn't have knocked it down. Instead of thousands of people, six people instead were killed. Over a thousand were injured though. Dang. 
Yeah. I didn't know it was that big. Oh, it's huge. Okay, so it was a 100-foot crater, actually. Like, it was... They Holy did damage. Cow. They did some damage, yeah. And it was under the World Trade Center. Smoke filled the stairwells, which were unlit due to loss of power. Like, the whole buildings, they lost power. And it made them impassable for those that were trapped above. The elevator stopped working. Communications in the towers went out. And firefighters struggled with their radios as they continually stopped working when they entered the towers. Ah, uh. Just probably all the steel. Yeah. Just speaking from uh, um, radio's perspective, for those of you that don't know, um, I worked with radios in the military. I, I still do. I forgot I'm back in. Uh, <laughs> um, if there's like any sort of obstruction, especially when it comes to metal, it is an, in- an incredibly hard task to get them to work properly if they are not really? right on top of each other. And what they were using was probably the same kind oh, of thing. Old school. Yeah. Several people who were unable to get through the stairwells would actually be evacuated from the roof of the towers. Dang, helicopters? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so at least one person was rescued from the North Tower in a dangerous repel helicopter rescue. That was 15 hours after the attacks happened. These helicopter rescues would misinform those who continued working in the towers. After this event, who were there on 9-11, that helicopter rescues were something that was in the safety of the World Trade Center. That was not a part of the evacuation plan for the World Trade Center. And this would lead to many deaths on September the 11th as people tried to find a way to escape the towers, only to find that the fire marshals had protocol to leave the roof doors locked. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, that doesn't make any sense, but okay. What do you mean? Like, leaving the roof doors locked. I so, know. Yeah, that I doesn't. Know. I mean, now keep in mind, with the amount of smoke on September the 11th, that would be inc- I don't. Well, I'm gonna say I don't know many sane helicopter pilots that would do that. Uh, but the debris and the smoke will will choke out the engines on a helicopter as well. It's not a. Uh, it's not like the movies where they can just fly through like a hurricane. Like there's yeah. a lot of lot of technicalities that go into that. But but also like the normal layman wouldn't think about that. Like I no. would, I wouldn't think about that. I'd be just be like I need to get out. And then there were like in the first tower that was hit, the stairwells were completely cut off in those buildings. Mm. So they couldn't they couldn't get down. So after this attack, fire safety changed drastically inside the towers. There were drills with floor deputy fire safety directors and fire safety teams. However, how thorough these drills were was really up to the tenants of each floor, what companies were running it, and it never required a full evacuation of the towers. They were actually instructed to go at least three uh, levels below where the office fires had started, or and that was what they were told to do, not leave the towers totally. However, according to the 9-11 Commission report, some of those inside the towers that survived who lived through the first attack did say that these drills and safety briefings did help them navigate the towers on 9-11. Now, the FBI got to work immediately after this first attack, and in the rubble, they found a part of the van that was used in the attacks with the VIN number still in place. Of course, they found a match. It was a match to a rental van that had recently been rented. And on March 4th, Mohammed Salame would return to the rental agency to try to get his $400 deposit back from the vehicle that he had actually reported stolen just a day before the attacks. So he comes in to get his deposit back and he ends up arrested because of course the FBI has matched that VIN number to that car. Wow. Yeah. Now Ramzi Youssef, the mastermind of this attack would be captured in Pakistan 
on February of 1995. According to an interview with FBI's Louis Cirillo that was conducted shortly after 9-11 in September of 2001, he had been one of the officials that was responsible for transporting Yusuf um, back to the United States by helicopter to a Metropolitan Correctional Center in Lower Manhattan. Yusuf had been blindfolded during this entire trip until they saw the New York skyline where they permitted him to remove his blindfold. One of the FBI agents pointed to the towers and said, look, they're still standing. Oh, that's a cold line, first off. Well, Yusuf responded, it would not have been had we had more money. Yikes. Oof. So, this begs the question, what is up with the obsession with the Twin Towers? Why did they want them down so badly? And they would succeed, obviously. Now, according to Bin Laden, the World Trade Center to him was the symbol of our economy, but there may be more to it than just that. Before it was the World Trade Center, Lower Manhattan was actually the epicenter for Syrian immigrants. The neighborhood on Washington Street was known as Little Syria. By 1900, there was estimated between 1,200 to 7,000 Syrians and other Arab people in New York that mostly settled on Washington Street. The population is historically believed to have actually been Christian. There were no mosques in the area, but there were three Christian churches that served the Lebanese and Syrian Christians of the area. But by January 1939, the city planner Robert Moses would throw Lower Manhattan and Little Syria into upheaval with his plans to build the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel, running streets right through the heart of Little Syria. And the residents of Little Syria, their protests were absolutely no match for Robert Moses, and many of them ended up moving across the harbor to Atlantic Avenue in Brooklyn. The area became Radio Row, which had a lot of local businesses, until 1966 when the World Trade Center began to take shape. Now, David Rockefeller was actually the first person to pitch the idea of the World Trade Center to help stimulate urban renewal in Lower Manhattan. Call me Kane, because I'm about the Rockefeller. He pitched this in 1950s, however, his plan would not be solid until a decade later when the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey authorized the plan to build the World Trade Center. It came just months after President JFK announced the U.S. goal to send astronauts to the moon. So this is a very optimistic time in the yeah. United States. Also, mm-hmm. the best propaganda of any generation. Oh, seriously. It's <laughs> so pretty. So Rockefeller would actually partner with Port Authority so he could build on top of the Hudson and Manhattan Railroad. So the iconic slurry trench would have to be built around the complex to keep the Hudson River out and to prevent flooding, commonly known as the bathtub, although it was actually to keep water out rather than keep water in. Um, It actually used an absorbent form of clay to keep the water out, and it was an engineering feat in its time. You can still see the slurry wall today. And the, yeah, no, it's wild. So this was weird to me. I, when I was a young teen, I went to New York City. This was obviously after the 9-11 attacks. We went to Ground Zero. I remember seeing the holes of where the footprints were for the towers. Mm -hmm. And you could see the slurry wall from above, right, when I was a teen. Now, I went back to the 9-11 memorial just last year. And you can walk through the footprints of the towers and see the slurry wall. And let me tell you, that was wild for me to see as someone who had seen it in the devastation decades prior Mm. to then see it built around a memorial museum. It's very powerful. Um, But they also worried at the time of of the attacks that the slurry wall would break and the Hudson River would come through. 
that would have killed so many, so many more people. But they did reinforce it afterwards and they did you can see the water coming through because the clay is absorbent yeah and they did promise us on our tour of the 9-11 memorial they're like it's not it won't break but it is it's an eerie thing to see in the footprints of the towers you can actually still see to the um the steel beams that were holding up the foundation they have them cut off but you can see their their like footprints um Mm. along the towers this project would become quite a controversial one because at that point in time there was no battery park it was just radio row and ports okay so they were completely transforming and reinventing the area now radio row is full of small businesses and shops that were completely in the way so a protest against the build was actually held in july of 1962 which even included a mock funeral that featured a coffin that was draped that contained a life-size figure of a man labeled, quote-unquote, small businessman. Oh. But the Supreme Court refused to hear the pleas, and the building continued as planned. Capitalism wins again. Yeah. 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 It's just, you know, who, who had big, deeper pockets. But it wasn't only the little guy that was fighting against the World Trade Center being built. Actually, the Empire State Building was the tallest building at the time in the entire world, and they were going to be replaced by the Twin Towers, so they lobbied against the build of the World Trade Center as well. <laughs> Literally, just that's just a, it's just a pissing match at that Seriously. point. Yeah, you've got yeah. the actual people whose lives are about to be completely destroyed, and then all of a sudden, here comes money bags, and he's like, well, you know, I don't want my tower to be overshadowed by these ones so i'm gonna help you guys out oh my gosh gosh. the world trade center itself was planned as a 16 acre commercial complex that contained seven buildings it wasn't just the twin towers it was seven buildings a large plaza and an underground shopping mall which would eventually be a critical escape route on september the 11th the centerpiece of the complex would be the twin towers which opened on april 4th 1973 They were 110-story buildings that immediately replaced the Empire State Building as the world's tallest buildings. However, they would only hold that title for a little over a year. Yeah. But they were still state-of-the-art engineering feats. They were built to withstand high-powered winds, and there was 200,000 tons of steel that was used in their construction. So according to a 1993 article, John Skilling, who was the head structural engineer, reported the buildings could withstand a Boeing 707 hitting them. And the fires that would be sustained. Wow. Yeah. They had built the towers to withstand a plane crash after concern from a 1945 incident where a B-25 flying at 200 miles per hour had slammed into the tallest building, the Empire State Building at the time, the 78th and 79th floor, killing 17 people upon impact and 11 with the fires that followed. That was a catastrophic thing, too. The B-25, that was... Yeah. That was and a it was, massive it was failure. because of heavy fog, too. So it wasn't like on September the 11th where it was crystal clear skies. Mm-hmm. He could not see the Empire State Building. Yeah. Um, that, he thought he was on a whole different route. And that's not even mm-hmm. that's not even just his fault. That's air traffic's fault. Just a week before September 11th, according to a Chicago Tribune article, at a conference in Frankfurt, Germany, Les Robertson, the Trade Center structural engineer, was asked what had been done to protect the Twin Towers from terrorist attacks. And Robertson reportedly retorted back, I designed it for a 707 to crash into it. He could not be reached for comment at the Chicago Tribune article that was written shortly after September the 11th. American architect Minoru Yamasaki drew inspiration from Arabic architecture for the towers. 
In fact, Yamasaki almost clothed the World Trade Center with Islamic symbolism, which is very eerie. Interesting. Mm -hmm. He described its plaza as, quote, a mecca, a great relief from the narrow streets and sidewalks of the surrounding Wall Street area. And true to his word, he tried to replicate Mecca's courtyard in the plaza. He received the World Trade Center Commission a year after completing the Darhan Airport, which is also known as, and I'll put it up in parentheses because I cannot pronounce anything this morning. But you can see the structural similarities between the air base that he was working on. He worked on a terminal in it and the Twin Towers. Let me pull it up for you so you can see because it is actually wild. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can see yeah. it in the, the structure. The way that the tower's base is. And you can still see some of those frames in at the 9-11 Museum, too. Um, it is... It is Kind of pleasing to look at, I'm not going to lie. Oh, it's beautiful. It's very chill. It's beautiful. So according to an article written by Slate, at the base of the towers, Yamasaki implied pointed arches, derived from the characteristically pointed arches of Islam. Above soared the pure geometry of the towers, swathed in a shimmering skin, which doubles as its structural width. Here, Yamasaki was following the Islamic tradition of wrapping a powerful geometric form in a dense filigree. The shimmering filigree is the mark of the holy, according to Olg Garvar, the great American scholar of Islamic art and architecture. The dense filigree and complex geometries alludes to a higher spiritual reality in Islam. After the attack, Garvar spoke about how these towers related to the architecture of Islam, where, quote, the entire surface is meaningful, and, quote, every part is both construction and ornament. So Yamasaki had also rumored ties with the bin Laden family. <laughs> no, he had ties to the Bin Laden family because of his work over in Saudi Arabia. So it's actually rumored that they helped fund his work over in Saudi Arabia. So crazy. Said so that they helped fill, fund that terminal being built mm -hmm. in that airport. Which isn't insane because the, the Bin Ladens were wealthy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. They're contractors. Yes, yeah. they're incredibly mm. wealthy. That's not insane to think. Mm -hmm. It's just more insane to think about how uh, far their son went. Well, okay. So perhaps with all of this in mind, it wasn't just because the World Trade Center was the financial hold of the United States of why bin Laden wanted to take it down. Perhaps he thought of the World Trade Center as a false idol, a bastardized, westernized version of his own architecture, a false god. That is not in. That's... That's not a far thing to think no. for someone who is, um, like, deeply religious. Yeah. That's not, that is not insane to think. Um, and honestly, yeah, um, he did kind of have a point with that. Because, yeah, it was using his people's architecture and his people's history. Um, and it was being used to funnel money into the pockets of people who, in his mind, were not worthy of that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, that's yeah. not that's not an insane insane theory to think. Upon its completion, the towers dominated the Manhattan skyline and would for the next three, almost three decades. They were only up for 28 years, which is bananas to think of. Um, whether people liked it or not, though, because they received a ton of criticism when they were first built. My favorite criticism of them is that they were the ugly boxes that the Chrysler Building and the Empire State Building were shipped in. I thought that was just... <laughs> hilarious um but they did and they were not well loved by new york um 
New Yorkers at the time. I would they imagine were... not, because there's another one that's that looks very similar to them. It's an apartment complex, uh-huh. and it is incredibly hated. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. It's on. I think it's on Park. They thought they were ugly. That. They thought they were the epitome of urbanization. That they were just the worst. I know it's the new one that they're building that no one can now see. They paid like a shit ton for their apartments and condos for a Manhattan skyline, and now nobody can see mm. their skyline anymore because this building. Four three two Park Avenue. But. The towers did provide, or actually, the World Trade Center as a whole did provide 10 million square footage of office space for about 35,000 people between 430 different companies. But on any given day in 2001, it was reported between 30 to 50,000 people would go through the World Trade Center, whether it was for their commutes, for their work days, to shop, dine, or spend time at the top of the World Observation Deck and the South Tower, or at the windows of the World Restaurant, which is located on the 107th floor of the North Tower, where not only officer workers went to dine and meet, but so did tourists. This, of course, had me wondering how many tourists were trapped on the Observation Deck on September the 11th. Quick Google showed me that it did not open until 9.30 a.m., okay. which did spare the lives of tourists that were scheduled to visit the observation deck that day. However, the workers had already started preparing. They had a Nathan's Hot Dogs up there, all of that, and those people were trapped. Before the attack, Windows of the World was the top-grossing restaurant in the country, making about $40 million a year of annual revenue. Holy For a restaurant? For a restaurant. Its workers were like a family. They were a hodgepodge of different cultures who participated in after-work potlucks and celebrations. The 72 staff members who unfortunately made it into work that morning all perished after Flight 11 hit the North Tower, smashing through the floors of 93 and 99, destroying the three emergency stairwells and trapping 1,355 people. Those who didn't make it into work or were off traditionally meet up annually on September 11th to reconnect and honor their dead. We spoke earlier about the complications with the roofs of the towers on September the 11th that led to more deaths. With the 110 stories, elevators would have eaten up a huge amount of space in the Twin Towers. So Yamasaki figured out a way to save space in the towers, and he split the building into three separate zones. Each served as an express elevator that would get people to their destination. So people would get off at what was called a sky lobby, and then they would take other elevators to their desired floors, allowing engineers to use far less space for the elevators. And in addition to this, it was decided that stairwells would be located in the center of the towers. At the time the World Trade Center was built, city building codes required six staircases for building of the tower's height. But as an interstate agency, the Port Authority was exempt from such codes. It chose to follow a newer building code that required only three staircases. This would be a decision that would be fatal and have dire consequences on September the 11th. It's amazing to me. Mm-hmm. How many lives can be lost just from cutting corners? Oh yeah. Like well, we're seeing it right now with all the trains. Well, yeah, with the trains happening. and stuff. But more importantly to us, because of where we live, the BP oil spill. Mm-hmm. Do you know why that exploded? I knew years ago. I can't remember now. I did a whole report on it. The warning alarm wasn't allowing the men to sleep, so they turned it off. Mm-hmm. It's all for convenience sake, and so much damage is done for convenience sake. But, well, 
you know what's crazy is had the attacks occurred later that morning, the number of occupants would have swelled to nearly 20,000 people in the towers, and it's estimated as many as 14,000 would have been trapped on congested stairwells because of how small. They had actually built them smaller than you were supposed to as well. Only three sets of them. Absolutely bananas. And you can see there's photos from 9-11 where you can see it's already congested. And firefighters are trying to get up, and occupants are trying to get down. It's terrifying. Yeah. Now, before the destructions of the towers, they slowly but surely did become a fixture of the Big Apple's skyline. Many iconic things happened to them during their lifetime. Do you know anything about... about no? Okay. So, I know that they were in Oliver and Company. Oh. They are. Huh. Mm. Can't well, watch that movie. It oh, makes me sad. It makes me ball. <laughs> French high-wire artist Philippe Petit... In August of 1974, made a very illegal but infamous high wire walk between the roofs of the two towers. Oh, the French. Uh-huh. It was a 138-foot gap, and it was just shortly after they had opened in 1973. It was called the artistic crime of the century. That's cringe, dude. No, I love it. Okay, so this stunt, he started planning this stunt shortly before his 18th birthday, okay? He had found out about the construction of the towers, and he said, I saw two towers, and I must walk. Oh, wait. So he's just a kid. He was. Now, they were still under construction. It took a while oh, okay. to build them, okay. right? I was like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he saw that they were going to be the tallest buildings of, in the world. So he's like, I have to do this. He began collecting any and all articles he could find on the World Trade Center being built so he could start his plan. Philippe and his crew began to gain entry to into the towers on several visits that he did to New York. His first visit, he actually took a helicopter ride above the towers watching them be built so that he could psych himself up by saying, oh, I'm higher than what I will be when I walk across them. Yeah, but dude, you're in a, a you're propelled in a... <laughs> aircraft, dude. You're not just on your feet, my man. Um, and so... you know because he's French, he didn't have a safety cable. You know. Oh, he did not. No, 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 no. He did not. No, no, no. So he actually even created his own scaled model of the towers to analyze how he was going to rig his wire. Now, I won't get fully into his crime. You can see all the details. It's available on Amazon Prime. This documentary is called Man on Wire. It's very fascinating about his trip across the towers. But he performed for over 45 minutes. He made eight passes along the wire, during which he walked, danced, laid down, and saluted watchers below and on the roofs as well. Okay, so the construction crews, policemen were watching as well, um, and he was 1,350 feet above ground. Crowds even gathered in the streets below to watch him, and later he said even from that height he could hear them cheering. But, of course, when NYPD and Port Authority police learned of his stunt, they went immediately to the roof of both buildings to persuade him to get down, and they even threatened to bring a helicopter up and pluck him off the wire. Which I don't think would have worked. It would have just blown him off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he would have been gone. <laughs> would have fixed their problem. Yeah, yeah. Essentially. The old NYPD oh, doing what they do best. But feeling like he had trespassed long enough, he left the wire and surrendered to police. This was huge news at the time. However, the district attorney did drop all former char formal charges against him for trespassing and anything related to his walk on the condition that he perform a free aerial show for children in Central Park. 
That's very based. Isn't that based? That's a very based story. Mm-hmm. I like that. It is. The Port Authority then gave him a life pass to the observation deck. <laughs> I know! They even had him sign a steel beam in the buildings. It was a different time. I a feel very, like you wouldn't get away with that today. Time. Yeah. No, I mean, like, those dude, that dude that climbed uh, the place in Oklahoma, like, two years ago, I think he's still in jail. Oh, really? Yeah, he just free climbed it. Well, I know base jumpers off of One World Trade Center, which is the new building. Mm-hmm. I know they've been arrested and fully prosecuted. Yeah. Um, however. Everybody's so sensitive now. Well, but everyone was actually really grateful to Philippe um, for actually, so the towers were extremely controversial. This endeared the towers to yeah. the New Yorkers. And he's credited to bringing much needed attention and affection to them. Um, they had been seen, as I said, as ugly and utilitarian. Now this shifted to becoming a beloved aspect of the Manhattan skyline. And it's all because of him. I watched an interview with him after September the 11th. And he talked about how much he loved the towers and how he said he called them his towers. And anyone that spoke to him about the towers, he always they always said, oh, your towers, your towers, right? They said the morning of September the 11th, he didn't have a television. Mm. So one of his friends in the U.S. called him and said, your towers, they're burning. He said he was shocked and he was super upset. But since then, he's called them our towers because they're collectively, globally, we, we were... a global witness to this whole event. But he said many people have asked him how he feels about the towers being destroyed. And he said he can never fully answer that question because he says, you can imagine how I feel as someone that loved it, you know, as much as I did um, and wanted to walk across them and visit them and do and everything. But um, he said the amount of lives that were lost, he said you can't equate buildings to the, the thousands of people that died. On January 13th, 1998, another huge thing happened. So there was a Bank of America in World Trade Center 1. So the, there was a robbery. 1.6 million was stolen. Oh. I know. So it was found to later be a mob-related crime. I read an article from the day after it happened, and it was so eerie, so let me read you it. The robbery came nearly five years after the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey tightened security at the complex in response to terrorist bombing on February 26, 1993, which killed six people and injured more than a 1,000. Since then, all people entering the complex as elevators have had to show identification, though they do not have to pass through metal detectors. While no one was injured in the robbery, the crime highlighted how the Port Authority has to juggle security concerns and the need to accommodate the needs of 100,000 people who use the complex on an average day. Officials said yesterday that the 10 million square foot complex remained one of the safest buildings in the country and added that the robbery would not result in any draconian measures to heighten security. Now, this actually happened, this incident happened inside one of the freight elevators um, with passengers and Brinks agents that were trying to take bags up to the Bank of America that was there. The culprits seemed to know exactly what they wanted, even down to the bags. They left three bags. They had over $3 million, even in foreign currency, the Brinks agents, Mm -hmm. and they left a majority of that money with the Brinks agents. So they knew what bags to grab. Dang. Yeah. That's, you want to talk about an inside job. Seriously. That's that's an inside job. They had everyone get on the floor of the elevator and tied them up. While the robbery was successful, nearly half a dozen security cameras caught their actions, even them pulling their ski masks off. Oh, you do. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now, I was surprised to learn that this was not the only alleged robbery that the mob would do at the World Trade Center. No, no, no. In fact, it was reported on September 29th, 2001, just a couple weeks after 9-11, that there was a theft of more than 250 tons of steel from ground zero. What? Yeah. Why were they... I mean, I, I get it's steel. It's building. It's building material, but like... I, I don't understand. So material from the scene of the September 11th attack consisted mainly of steel gritters was discovered in three different scrapyards, two in New Jersey and one in Long Island. And it appeared that the scrap had been hauled away by trucks involved in the cleanup operation, but instead of being taken to the FBI-controlled dump site on Staten Island, where all the material was being stored, it was driven to independently owned scrapyards. Now, I read an art, this article on September 29th from 2001, right? So the police sources at the time said no human remains had been found in the scrap. And at the time, police were focused on the known associates of five mob families in the city. But this goes to show what a shit show it was to contain evidence for September 11th. I was actually listening to another podcast this week about it. Um, it's called Missing on 9-11. And... There was an episode where he talked about photos that he had heard of. He'd read an article years and years and years ago, shortly after September the 11th. And these photos were of a man in one of the towers taking photos of the destruction of the other. I think he was in the south taking photos of the destruction of the north. He was a construction worker. Mm. And then you can see his shock as he sees, like, his tower's been hit and, and all of that. And so discussion of those, those photos, and you cannot find those photos now. He had talked to so many different FBI agents. He'd filed a Freedom of Information Act. He wanted them, and they said they couldn't possibly locate them. And then he interviewed the journalist who had written the article about the photos. And she said that it was just a mess, like boxes upon boxes upon boxes. What really stood out to her was seeing Muhammad Ada's suitcase. Mm. She did see that. But just so much that... They can't even catalog. So, so like he said, so these photos are lost. They're lost. And, and the FBI said back to him, they countered, no, it's not lost. We just have so many different files. Well, if you can't find your car keys in your bin of dirty clothes, your car keys are lost. Yeah, they're gone. So it just shows, like, obviously this would be an insurmountable amount of evidence from these attacks. But it is honestly disgusting that we didn't catalog it better. We weren't more organized. I understand that there's only only so many hours the government can give to agents a day. Mm -hmm. But I just wish people would have been more dedicated to actually do their job correctly so that we could actually do this instead of ending up with things like Guantanamo Bay, where we're literally kidnapping farmers from their homes and Mm -hmm. not holding them on any charges. And it's a huge human rights violation. And a Geneva Convention Violation. violation. Yeah. Which I'm all for you know, making it the Geneva suggestion, Mm -hmm. but you can't sign something and then say, totally disregard that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you didn't want to follow it, don't sign it. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of countries that didn't and they don't follow it, but we did. We're supposed to be better, Mm -hmm. but. So this brings us to conspiracy corner. I just wanted to give some background before we got into this. We will be talking more at length about the towers on September the 11th. Mm. Before we get into what you have on World Trade Center 7, Ah. I wanted to, so if you've been following our series for any length of time, we know that Marcus has his own conspiracy about the attacks. Um, Would it surprise you to learn that 11 out of the 19 terrorists that hijacked those planes that day 
did not know that they were going to die. <laughs> the reason we're laughing is this entire what? time. The reason we're laughing is not about this. The reason we're laughing is this entire time Marcus has had his theory because they continually were late. Yes. They had checked luggage. There was all sorts of things that not they didn't know what they were doing that day. Because it's very convenient what did was they left all, in the did, bag. Do you know if they all checked luggage? I think so. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe they didn't even know they were going to do it. <laughs> the very second that they were like in the air. So just like Ada, Ahmed checked two bags. <laughs> Where's is that? They didn't know until they all got on the plane. Now on the morning of September 11th, Nawaf al-Hazimi and his brother, we've got another set of brothers here, Salem al-Hazimi, were running late for their flight having only about 20 minutes to get on the plane before takeoff when they walked into Dulles Airport. What is with these guys? <laughs> Holy cow, man. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. What, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, I'm, I am so confused as to the piss poor planning when it comes to, to time management. On like literally the biggest thing they will ever do. And, I know. And they're this just is like, their, this is the, their life's goal, their life's purpose, and they are arriving so late. Yes. So late. It's All ridiculous. Of them. It, this is ridiculous. Yeah. And, and that's not even the yeah, flashback to the first one where they were just completely out of the same state that they were going to be flying. <laughs> like, what are you doing? And it turns out that only eight of the men did know, only eight of the men had access to those letters that we talked about them finding. Only, I know. So Osama bin Laden said it wouldn't have been safe to tell. And, and then this is like, this is kind of, it's not this, you know how they thought this was a holy mission and they knew they were going to commit jihad. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just get that straight. But they thought it would be more along the lines of what happened in February of 1993. They didn't expect for themselves to die yeah. as well. Do you know what I mean? Which also is smart on Bin Laden's side of things to not let all his cards be shown to a bunch of young men what who were like they, in their early 20s. What did they think they were going to do? Park the plane just outside the World Trade Center? Well, that, was actually, that was actually a plan. So um, I can't remember the terrorist name. I'm totally talking off, off base right now. We'll get more into this as we look into the terrorist plans. Mm. Um, but the original plan for 9-11 wasn't exactly to happen on September the 11th, 2001. The original plan was to hijack 10 planes and the lead hijacker would actually safely land the plane, killing only the men on board and allowing the women and children to go out and then talk Talking about how America is a tyrant, and that was his like plan. And they were going to fly the other the other planes into buildings like they did on September the 11th. But he couldn't find enough young men to who were eager, you know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So none of them had copies of those instructions for the prayer, the contemplation on the eve of the attacks, and for opening their chests to God at the moment of immolation. Which FBI has discovered in that luggage of Muhammad Atta, along with the cars and all of that. Um, they thought they were going to participate in conventional hijackings with the planes flown into distant airports and the passengers and crew being taken hostage while the hijackers presented demands. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they expected to go to prison, not to paradise. Man, that's man, that's dark. Yeah, man, that's dark. But also, yeah, it's very smart of Bin Laden to do that. Yeah. Not allow anyone other than the very key components to know that. Yeah. But my goodness. Yeah, because it, like, what? 
God. So even, so like, remember how we were talking about, I think it was in American 77, or maybe it was the United 175, but the brothers that bought tickets for each other. And we were talking about how I know, eerie. 77. Yeah. yeah. We were talking about how eerie that was. And, um, yeah, I mean. They didn't know. They didn't know. Dang, man. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and you talk, I mean, obviously like the, the lead hijackers, I mean, Ziad is believed to have piloted the plane and, and, um, Ada and they knew, but. But I mean. I'm, you know, I'm sitting here flabbergasted, right, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and being like, man, how, you know, how could you do that and all the rest of it. So, going off subject, but we talked about it earlier, the space race. Yeah. Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin, when they landed on the moon, there was a contingency plan if Mm -hmm. the moon was, or the, um, the lander wasn't able to break free of the moon's gravity. Because yes, the moon does have gravity. Imagine that. Um, the contingency plan was to, after 24 hours, cut all communications with them. Let them starve to death up there mm. and tell the American public that they burned up on reentry. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. So, so don't think our government wouldn't no. do the very same. No. And then, I mean, you look at Operation Northwoods, which we talked about on our Patreon channel. Yeah. Where the CIA had actually been planning during the time of JFK to pull off fake terrorist attacks all over our country in order to mobilize our people against Cuba. And leaving... And pin and, it on Cuba. And leaving Cuban immigrants who had come to the United States to escape Cuba, mm-hmm. dead at the scene. Wow, that got dark real quick. Real dark real quick. Yeah, it did. Shall I? You shall. Okay. Yeah. So, <sighs> conspiracies. Now, it's not a conspiracy that the World Trade Center uh, 7 collapsed that day. Yeah. Uh, what it is a cons- What is a conspiracy, rather, is why it collapsed. Mm-hmm. Because it was not struck by a plane. There were no like explosions going on in it. There was nothing. In fact, there were two separate fires in it. Okay. They were caused by a very, very particular thing. So, World Trade Center 1, the North Tower, but when uh, the plane hit it, Mm -hmm. um, bits and pieces fell off. Mm -hmm. Insane to think about, right? Something at high speed hits something else, pieces fall off of it. When that happened, um, the seventh story of World Trade Center 7 was struck, and so was the ninth, uh, no, the 11th through the 13th. Okay. Was struck by burning debris. Mm-hmm. That caused a fire. This is the official story I'm telling you right now. Okay. That caused this is a not fire. The no, no, no. This is the official what we yeah. know from the United States government. Okay. That caused a fire and fueled a lot of uh, questions because it did not actually fully implode and collapse upon itself until 5:20 that evening. Yeah. So, a lot of people are very confused about that. But architects and stuff like that have kind of studied into it and they've looked at it and said it is because of the continuous burning and the traditional structure work of the building. Mm -hmm. That is why it collapsed because it could handle one fire on one floor, Mm -hmm. but two fires sandwiching a couple of floors, what that would do is it would warp the steel. It would expand the steel. But if you don't know when things get hot, they expand, right? Um, They get cold, they shrink. So... It expanded to the point where the rivets couldn't hold it together anymore, um, and it imploded upon itself. Now comes the actual conspiracy theories. The first one, of course, is always bombs, right? Yeah, well, it always looks, bombs. to be fair, like, okay, so I don't know what you're going to say, and yeah. I hope in our series, when something's weird, because we have called out a few weird things, we call it out. Mm. So if a conspiracy theory is a valid theory... 
we should be talking about that. But if you watch, I mean, we've already put it in in one of our episodes. If you watch the building fall, it looks like a controlled demolition. Yes. Yeah, it looks like a controlled demolition. And it also, I mean, I know this is going back to the whole federal uh, government's um, reach into this event. But I know they were busy. I know they were trying to find survivors and everything like that. But really, why wasn't there anybody trying to stop the blaze at World Trade Center 7? Mm -hmm. If it was burning for over five hours, which it was, um, why was nobody trying to stop it? So that leads into a lot of other conspiracies. So as I talked about earlier, the World Trade Center at that time, it was comprised of seven buildings over that 16-acre property. Mm -hmm. So this is World Trade Center 7, not the two towers, just to be clear. Oh, and not to mention the fact that nobody came to put out the blaze. For some reason, none of the automatic sprinklers came on either. Oh, how interesting. So none of them triggered, which, according to the investigation, is... Mm -hmm probable to happen in a building of that size um but unlikely uh the things that started the fire were debris that hit the north tower and people would like to speculate that the debris could not hit there Mm -hmm. i don't understand why because it's only about 370 uh, feet away from the north tower the plane was traveling at roughly 500 miles an hour i think okay Um, It is not utterly insane to think about from a couple hundred feet up that not just the force of the impact throwing it outwards, the debris outwards, Mm -hmm. but it just falling in general would change its trajectory. There's a thing called the Magnus effect. If things are spinning Mm -hmm. when they're falling, they'll actually turn outwards at the end of the the fall. Yeah, I mean, you could see it. Like, I'm looking at a photo right now, and you could see, like, there's seven, there's one. So that building, that plane hits that building. I mean, stuff flies out Mm -hmm. that way. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not completely completely out of the question to, to say that. There is... The idea that there are bombs planted, which we have discussed, it does look like a controlled demolition on its mm-hmm. fall. The main question is kind of why? Why would they have destroyed World Trade Center 7? Because it was not the monolith of American uh, capitalism that both of the actual trade towers were. Correct. Put on your tinfoil hat. Oh, yeah? I was not able to find any. Um, basically legitimate conspiracy theories that I would say, like, okay, this well, this makes sense I for World s- Trade Center 7. I would say, too, that's in due in part when you... This, this sounds crazy, but when you look up conspiracy theory 9-11 or anything, like, I just looked up conspiracy theory World Trade Center 7, all of it is d- theory finally debunked. Um, debunking 9-11 myths, the biggest 9-11 conspiracy theories debunked, tackling conspiracy theories, 9-11 conspiracy theory debunking. It's all that and not like bringing me to a conspiracy theorist website. But what Mm -hmm. did you find? Yes, World Trade Center 7 was an office building. Mm -hmm. There was a very important office in that building that specifically was strategically placed in that building to... To thwart terrorist attacks in the World Trade Center complex. What? Guess who owned it? I don't know. The CIA, baby. Shut the front door, our good friends. <laughs> if it glows. 
Yes. No. Yes, there was That a... stinks. <laughs> that, oh no. <laughs> After all we know, the CIA knew. Do you realize how many times I had to search different keywords? To find something yeah. on it? I know. Yeah. Yeah. I, thought, I mean, that that's a real... That is a real thing. Um, they sent a special team to scour the rubble in search of secret documents and intelligence reports that had been stored at this New York station office. And you guys call me crazy. <laughs> this stuff. Now this, what she's looking at right now, is from the New York Times. If you guys don't know this already, um, the news is controlled by the government. Um, oh, well, the Murdochs own a shit ton yes. of... Yeah, okay. And this is kind of... I mean, we're kind of mm-hmm. going down a tangent right now, but it is incredibly hard to find anything that actually goes against the status quo inside of news organizations. And when it is, it is controlled opposition, such as Fox News. Fox News is controlled by the government as well. I don't care who your mm-hmm. mother is. You will get the outliers inside of places like that, but those people are almost always very quickly silenced. And if anybody says... But my boy Tucker Carlson. No, he's bought and paid for. He's bought and paid for. Like I, oh, all of, I yeah. mean, all of them are CNN. Everything yes. is, yeah, yeah. Mm. Every single piece of it's all propaganda. Propaganda is like it's, it's so it's wild. Mm-hmm. And of course, I always get concerned, as we say with every episode of ours, when someone is talking to you about something like nine eleven or anything in this life. Please go double check their sources. And of course, let us know if we've gotten something wrong as well. Just send us a little message in the comments. We always love to hear it. Or if you have other source material you would like us to look into, please feel free. But please look into things more deeply than the headlines. That is my entire purpose of talking to y'all online is to get you interested in something and then for you guys to go dig more into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we want you guys to actually... Like, do your own research. Don't rely on me or CNN or Fox News or anything to tell you what the story is, you know? Because mm-hmm. like I said, literally just right now, mm-hmm. just by typing a bunch of other random things into the search bar, was I able to discover that there was a CIA base mm-hmm. inside of World Trade, World Trade Center 7. And if I, if one of my friends had just told me that, I wouldn't have believed them. Like, I would have had to look it up myself. Yeah. So, I'm going to take that off because now we're out of conspiracy corner. Well, I don't know. I think I'm more in it than I ever have been (laughs) at this point in time. That was bananas. Um, So, yeah, we will be looking more into this in our next few episodes. Um, We're going to talk about the impact at the World Trade Center. We're going to talk about um, a certain individual that worked for our government that was in the World Trade Center and lost their lives and the attacks, Mm. um, which is extremely eerie. And we will dive back into World Trade Center 7 and the collapse of the two Twin Towers. And then, of course, as you all know, we want to start getting a little bit into our global war on terror and what that did to the entire world. Until then, thank you so much for watching. Please make sure you subscribe, like, and follow. We put episodes out every other Wednesday. However, we try to get them out as soon as possible, so make sure you're hitting that alert so you don't miss an episode. And once again, thank you so much for... Hang on a second. Let me refresh the page. 204K. Hey, subscribers. subscribers. That's fantastic. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us, and we'll see you with more information Next, next week, but maybe, me no, it'll have to be next, it has next to week. to be next, next Because you're going to New York. I'm going to New York. No. I don't, I don't want to step foot inside of the city. I, I don't like, like cities. Do you, do you not want to go to the museum, though? I mean, kind of, but like, not on this trip. 
I guess. Yeah. And that's going to do it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> See y'all next, next week. Bye. <laughs>